talk about a little thing. I want to talk about a little thing called Medicare for All. You with me? So I'm going to play a clip. Do you remember the, do you know these people uh, from Pod Save America? You know, they're former Obama uh, speechwriters and former Obama workers. And they're like so, they're, they've been viewed as like so super cool. Pod Save America, they're super cool. And they're super with it. Really, they're just neoliberals that have a podcast, white privileged dudes who don't really talk to the rest of America and really have no idea what's going on. There are legitimate policy arguments in favor of a, uh, an ac- a Medicare access approach as opposed to a Medicare for all approach that is not ideological in the sense that it doesn't make you less liberal and it doesn't make doesn't make you less progressive to view it as a positive outcome because again we are all going to end up paying for health care the goal the ultimate goal here is not a process one it does it is not you know they're a private health care plan versus a medicare plan if you have good insurance that you can afford that protects you when you need it most that gives you the option to get the, the preventative care that you need without bankrupt you and your family that makes you feel safe and protected that is the goal as a country our goal is to pay for everyone's health care in a way that doesn't eat up a greater and greater share of our gross domestic product that is the ultimate goal the debate about policy, the debate about process is a really, really important one, but it should not be always reduced to this ideological question as to whether or not you're going along with Bernie or if you're part of the neoliberals. It just is, it is more complicated and a, a more nuanced than that. But really what he was saying there was, you know, unity. Let's not go after each other because, you know, there's really no big difference between Medicare access and Medicare for all. And you know what I thought? And I tweeted this out, I think yesterday. You know what I thought when I heard this? This sounds like an individual with fantastic health care. This sounds like an individual with great health care, low copays, low deductibles, no real, no hidden, you know, no surprise costs, uh, low, low, low copays. Uh, you know, the, the, the doctors that take his plans are, are very good. And it seems like a guy with pretty good health care. How do I know? Because they work, he works for a company that's doing really well. And a lot of companies that are doing very well have decent health care. So I thought, you know, if that guy, he was Obama's speechwriter, I believe. If that guy spent some time in like Detroit, in the hood, because I've been there, and I don't call it the hood in a derogatory way. They told me to call it the hood. I didn't call it the hood when I was there. They told me to call it the hood. Or, you know, spend some time in Flint, spend some time in name your place. It really doesn't matter, because now middle-class towns, you don't have, ac- you have access to health care. Yeah, I have access to go have some, you know, $100 creme brulee right now. It doesn't mean I can afford to do it. But this is the toxic mass- m- mentality I don't, like, this is also, it's very much like these Vox, you know Vox, it's a website, and they, they give explainers, and all their, head, all their stories are like, you know, Medicare for All, explained. Because they live in academia, and they live in a world of, of academia and numbers, and they've never talked to a struggling person in their life. This is the problem with corporate media because it's not media, it's not journalism, it's propaganda. They don't actually go out to talk to anyone. 
Do you know why I go out and cover the stories in the field that I do? It's not just because I care about the people. It's not just because I want to get critical issues and actually put a name, put a face to the struggle. It's because this is how I get informed. You can't get informed reading articles on websites. It could help you know what's going on, but there's bias in all of that. The only way to get truly informed is to go out and find out things for yourself. To go out and talk to people that live in other places or go through other things. Medicare access is like a little, uh, it's a hedge. It's a way of saying, oh, we're helping the worker bees, but like we're still placating the private insurance industry so we don't lose that money. The private insurance industry is not, its goal is not to help people get health care. Its goal is not to get people, not get people. Its goal is not to make sure you can prevent cancer or get treatment for cancer. Its goal is not to make sure you can prevent yourself from getting cancer or other illnesses. Its goal is to make sure they pay as little as humanly possible so that they can make profits. And at its base level, that is immoral. Health, sure, health insurance should not be a profit-seeking business. It should be a safety net for a civilized country's citizens because those citizens pay taxes, pay taxes for the government to give them services. It's as simple as that. It should have never been a big industry. That doesn't mean there can't be private doctors Maybe there's a doctor who's the only, only doctor in America that could do a certain type of surgery. Or maybe there's a doctor that's the only person who could do X, Y, Z, whatever. And for certain families who could afford it, you go to that doctor. You know, it's like free public college doesn't mean there's not going to be Yale. You could still send your kid to Yale, but that's the very meaning of access. You have access to Yale, but for the majority of people who can't afford to send their kids to Yale, minus them not getting in, you have free public college so you could at least be on an equal playing field with everybody else that can afford public college. And it's so interesting. I mean, I was in Germany um, in 2017, and when I talked to uh, – I actually went out to dinner with two uh, – at the time, I was at the Young Turks, so two – uh, viewers that were fans then when I brought this up it, it was just like foreign to them they didn't understand it like yeah I don't get it it's just like you're covered here it's part of being a citizen that's how it is in most civilized countries but we're no longer a civilized country we are an oligarchy this is the United Corporations of America so what is he talking about well you know there's a policy argument between Medicare, Medicare for all and Medicare access. No, there's not. Here, here, here it is, okay? Private insurance industry? Sorry. I know you're going to lose jobs. Sorry. I, I'm not belittling losing jobs, but losing jobs in the private healthcare industry versus tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people of continuing to be sick and die? Which one? Which one's more of a problem? And by the way, Medicare for all would be cheaper for the United States of America long term. 
So this isn't an issue of what's more fiscally responsible, what's a better plan. This is an issue with neoliberals like that guy don't want to take out the private insurance industry because the private insurance industry has been good to the Democratic Party and is good to the Republican Party. That's it. And you could have Medicare for all and still have private doctors. You could have both. But those private doctors, you're not going to be able to price gouge because you're going to have competition. So you honestly, you shouldn't have got into medicine in the first place if your goal was to become a multimillionaire. And I understand they go to school for many, many years, more years than most other professions. I understand that. But you know what? I've had these conversations with other people too. Doctors in Germany, in Paris, in the UK, in other single-payer countries, they make good money. They make good money. You could be a doctor, you could be a healthcare professional and make good money in a government system. Which is why I was very disappointed on top of that stooge to hear Sherrod Brown, the Ohio senator who's thinking about running for president, say it's Medicare for all is just not practical. Not practical. This is from Common Dreams. While not a 2020 presidential candidate yet, Senator Sherrod Brown broke from the pack of announced and expected Democrats on Friday by coming out against Medicare for All, characterizing a system that would cover everybody and leave nobody as not practical, and was greeted by a widespread reaction of thank you, next, and adios from progressives no longer willing to entertain half measures when it comes to solving the nation's health care crisis or bolstering the private insurance industry. Quote, I know most of the Democratic primary candidates are talking about Medicare for all. I think we, uh, I think instead we should do Medicare at 55, Brown said during a question and answer session at the Chamber of Commerce in Clear Lake, Iowa. Brown said that reducing the age or letting people over 55 buy into the existing Medicare system early would have a better chance of getting through Congress. Quote, I'm not going to come and make a lot of promises like President Trump did. I'm not going to talk about what pract- what's practical and what we can, excuse me, I'm going to talk about what's practical and what we can make happen. And if that makes me different from the other, other candidates, so be it. Progressive critics like Splinter's Libby Watson, however, took issue. Thank you. Next. You know, quote, you know what isn't practical, she added? Spending twice as much as other rich nations for worse outcomes. Quote, it's always practical to leave people behind and maintain corporate power, tweeted Michael Lightley, a healthcare policy expert and founding fellow at the left-leaning Sanders Institute. But it is the right kind of leadership, he noted. We could make the necessary possible. Ahead of Brown's comments, Watson on Friday wrote a long and detailed column explaining why the kind of Medicare at 55 or Medicare buy-in plan the senator is proposing basically a public option, but, but available only to certain segments of the population, is not just bad policy, but bad politics. It's not necessarily that what Brown is calling for would make things worse, she argued. It's that things are already catastrophically bad, and anything that just tinkers around the edges just keeps us in dire straits. So, I mean, I, this, I don't really care about Sherrod Brown. I mean, I wasn't that interested in Sherrod Brown anyway. I mean, is he, is he more progressive than Kamala Harris? Yes. But this, this, is, very, this is very much like Hillary Clinton. Medic, you know, I'm not going to suggest things that aren't practical and can't get, they get, through, get through Congress. 
I'm not going to suggest things that aren't practical, that can't, that will never happen. I'm just not going to do it. Well, you know what for a long time was said isn't practical and, and was never going to get through in Congress or even the Supreme Court? Gay marriage. Five years before gay marriage uh, passed in the Supreme Court. These were the same talking points. Gay marriage can never happen. Same thing goes with civil rights. That's not practical. Black people voting. That's not practical. This is, honestly, conservative talking points. What's practical? Well, you know what? Sherrod Brown, what do I say to you? 70% of Americans want Medicare for all, right? So 52% of Republicans want Medicare for all. So it's very practical because... We live in a, we supposedly live in a republic and a democracy. So republics and democracies are supposed to serve public policy, uh, decide on public policy based on the will of the people. Of course, that's not how it actually works in this country. It's the will of the donors. But it's very practical because you have the people behind you. So what you're saying is we can't win. We can't fight donors. We can't fight corrupt politicians. And to that, I do say next. If you want to be one of these, you know, centrist, well, you know, we could only do certain things and it'll never get through the Senate. It will never get through Congress. Maybe your thing is should, should be, no, you're never going to get reelected if you vote against the will of the people. You're never going to get reelected if you vote against many, many, many economists who say this will save people, save the country money. Because people can't wait till it is practical. People are, are, America's life expectancy is going down. You don't see that much in the media, but America's average life expectancy is going down. So I was very disappointed to see that from Sherrod Brown. Uh, frankly, as kindly as I could say it, like, where's your balls? Because that's not a message that's going to win. And by the way, it's not actually being practical. It's not actually being practical. It's not. Practical is reading a poll and then galvanizing support behind that. You know, maybe if you became president, maybe if you became president fighting for this, and then it was very difficult and they were obstructing, then you know what you do? You point out the obstruction. You go around the country. Obama. Obama, after Newtown, did a little speech, cried. I think it was genuine. He was definitely affected. And then he said, well, the Republicans control Congress, so I can't do anything. This was a man with some of the most gifted oratory skills we've ever seen in office. He could have barnstormed the country. He could have went to Mitch McConnell's Kentucky, could have went to Paul Ryan's Wisconsin, could have went all over this country to shame these people taking money from the NRA, including Florida, where Marco Rubio is including Texas, where Ted Cruz is, did nothing. You want to know why? Because he has a bunch of neoliberals in his hands, head saying, don't waste the political energy. Let's focus here. As people continue getting massacred, school after school, concert after concert, don't waste the energy, they say. So, you know what? Whether it's Pod Save America saying, well, you know, there is... There is an argument to be made for Medicare access. There is no argument to be made. We need universal health care, not access, as a right. 
economists that are not bought off have pointed out that this will save the United States a lot of money. You will also have health problems decrease. And when health problems decrease, your health outcomes and your health costs, your health care costs will go down as more and more people get preventive care. So it's a great system. Your life expectancy will go up. Children will have more services. It's not complicated. But we can't do it with a private insurance industry in the driver's seat. Period. End of discussion.